Welcome, welcome everyone to the show. It is so good to see you and have you here. I am your host, Clara Capato, and we are diving into another episode of Women Winning Their Way. This is a show where we get real and dive deep. We talk about how as professional women, we can break free from traditional norms and standards and create success all on our terms. You know, we are fierce as women and nobody needs to be putting us into a box. Success is not one size fits all. So we're going to start diving in to make sure that you know you can level up and you can write your own path to success. Today, we're talking about mentorship because no matter where we are, no matter where we want to go, we cannot do it alone. And I know that the only reason I am here today is because of the support I received from other mentors in my life. So we're going to talk about the importance of mentorship and how you can focus on how you can give back, not just to today's women, but also to tomorrow's generation. We are going to be bringing in my dear friend, Janae Smith, who's going to be talking about how she has implemented membership or mentorship in her life. But I also want to remind you, before you leave the show, go into the show notes, because if you want a little more clarity in your world, don't forget to be a part of the Lioness League. You know, part of my goal is to impact a million lives or more, and I have just kicked off my new membership community. It is only $7 a month. Yes, you heard me right. Seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven dollars a month. And with this investment, you get access to our exclusive training that happens nowhere else but in this membership community. You get to collaborate, network, and get the support of other people on a global level. We're going to have monthly master classes and other live sessions and interviews. So I'm telling you, if you want to level up in your areas and learn more about how to build your skills, skills around mindset, leadership, productivity, $7 a month. So make sure to check out the Lioness League. And with that said, without any further ado, Janae, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. You know, you have become one of my favorite people. We met at a at a speaking gig that I had earlier in um, 2023. And man, on that first day, you and I just became fast friends. And I knew that I needed to get you on the show and also just keep you in my circle because you are a force. Not only are you a successful real estate professional, which we'll talk about, but what really lit up my heart and made me want to connect with you is the fact that you are a coach and you coach not just in the area of sports and volleyball, but you coach to the heart. You coach to the impact to really start to, you know, build the lives of of young women and, you know, even young men that are out there. So, you know, just give us a brief overview, you know, maybe a minute or less so that people can get to know you and just kind of introduce yourself to us. Yeah. Um, I'm Janae Smith. Uh, I've been coaching, I think I'm going on 14 years now, which is wild. Um, I started coaching right out of high school in 2011. Um, I had this dream of being a coach and helping young people meet their goals. Um, and so what that looked like to me was, okay, find a way, what are you going to do about it? Um, and so I called, I think 25 area schools until I finally found a school that was willing to take me on and, uh, be a coach. And at the young age of 18, there's where my story started. So it was pretty neat. 
Fantastic. I love that. So, you know, I always love to ask this first question because we're talking about success and we're talking about creating success all on our terms. But when you were younger and you thought into your future and, oh, I think my future is going to look like this. What did you think success was going to be for you when you were younger? Yeah, I've, um, that's such a good question. So just a little background, um, you know, we grew up poor, so I knew, you know, I knew the one thing I did want was I wanted to be, do better than what my mom did. And that's not to take away from anything that she did at all. I mean, she was a single mom raising four kids and had three jobs at a time and trying to go to school. Um, but I knew that I didn't want to struggle and I watched her do that a lot. Um, just, you know, trying to be everywhere at once and hold a job. Um, and so success to me was just, you know, I want to be able to live under my means, but I still want to be able to do what I want to do. And I don't want to be constricted by either money or, you know, any opportunity. I'm going to take every opportunity that I ever get. Um, you know, and if I fail at it, I don't look at it as a failure. I look at it as a learning. Yeah. Love that. And I love how, you know, that message of you're going to take every opportunity that comes out there. And yep. I think, again, that's what, you know, brings in that, that tenacity that I see from you and being able to say, yes, let's do this. So, you know, I want to talk about this concept of mentorship. You know, obviously, I, I would imagine one of your first mentors was your mother. You know, it sounds yeah. like you learned a lot from watching her, watching her struggle. But yep. maybe talk a little bit about that. What were some of the biggest lessons you did learn from watching your mother going through these struggles of being, you know, a single mom and working all these different jobs. Yeah, I I will say from both of my parents, a hard worker is the, what I take from both of them. Mm -hmm. Between my mom, like she figured a way to juggle it all, you know, and so <laughs> we can get into this more, but like I have five teams right now that I'm trying to run um, and still try to run my real estate business. And so if she was able to juggle that, then I should have no problem when I don't even have kids that I'm having to keep after and run after. So um, that came from her. And then, you know, my dad has just always been a nose to the grind kind of guy. Like he's not going to complain about everything. He's going to put his whole heart and effort into something. And he's just a quick learner. And so I learned to pick up things quick um, and things that I didn't know I would ask about and I would I would just figure it out. That's yeah. what they've always just figured it out. That's always been kind of our mantra. So, you know, one of the things that I notice is many of us are afraid to ask questions. You know, we're afraid regardless of what we do, because if I ask something, people are going to think I don't know. And that's going to lessen me and my credibility. Mm -hmm. You know, why? Why do you think we hold back asking questions? And, and what's the beauty of asking the question? I feel like Clary brought this up because I had no problem asking a million questions. <laughs> um, but I am, I am such like a learner. Like I, I love information, like anything that can help me help others. I don't mind to ask those questions. Um, you know, I'll just even give an example, like within real estate, like my first year, I mean, I was on the phone with my broker at least four or five times a day. And he's like, it finally just got to a point. He's like, listen, we're going to have to limit these phone calls. You've got about three a day and then we got to call it quits. And I'm like, okay. But I knew like in order for me to do good at what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be, I would have to know that knowledge in order to help my clients. And so I don't mind to ask those questions. Why people are scared. I think it's just that vulnerability. Um, whereas, you know, be vulnerable. Who cares? Like, how are you going to know what you don't know? Mm -hmm. It's just kind of, that's the simple way that I look at it. 
Exactly. And I think we have to remember, nobody expects us to know it all. You know, one of the things that was shared with me by one of my mentors was think about a doctor. You know, a doctor is going to ask the questions and then they're going to leave and they're going to go to their office and pull out their journals because they don't know it all. So, you know, we have to understand that it's okay. What we have to do is be good at finding the answers. So I really love that. So let's talk about mentorship. Why is mentorship so important? Why is it something we really need to be paying attention to and leaning into more? Yeah, leadership and and just mentorship and in general, um, I think is so important. One for these young people because I'm seeing in the school systems that they're lacking that they don't have as much drive as they used to. Um, And I think it's not like lack of like, you know, they get called lazy a lot of times, but I think it's just like lack of inspiration. Like they just don't know like what their thing is yet. Um, And I think that we've all been at that point, right? Like we're trying to figure life out because we don't even know it when we get older. Um, And so I think that mentorship is just a huge part of, how we grow and who we become. And so if they don't have that, we find kids, you know, getting into trouble or doing things that they shouldn't. So, um, yeah, I've even like realized that a lot with my team that I have right now, um, not my club team, but my school team, um, you know, they have a lot of free time. And so they're just looking for something to do. And a lot of times it's not the things they should be doing. Exactly. And I think, you know, so many times, especially with, you know, younger people, you know, so many of them think they have to have it all figured out mm-hmm. and that causes stress. Other people are said, oh, you have all the time. And I think that also causes stress. Yeah. So I think by having somebody to, again, kind of guide can help them to understand when to hustle and when to flow, you know, yeah. how to be able to, you know, bring these together. So what was it that really called you to be a mentor? Yeah, I think um, for me, what called me is that mom and dad, not to take away from anything that they did, but what I will say is like mom wasn't there a whole lot, you know, because she was working. And so I didn't always have that person around that can kind of show me the ropes or the way. Um, And so I would just find myself like, okay, like now what? And then I'd put these high expectations on myself in order to succeed. um, You need to do this. And so I would be like uh, stressed out depressed, you know? And so I, there's even times where I like had suicide ideation and, and that was a part of it, you know, but what I will say is it took great mentors helping me, um, such as my teachers. Those are just a couple examples. Um, I have three of them that I'm going to shout out here. Um, Amanda Cox, uh, Laura Huffman and Crystal Sigmund. Absolutely. Like if it was not for them, I would not be where I am today. And so kudos to them. Um, it was so important because they gave me something that no one had. And that was just, they believed in me. Like they asked the questions, what are you doing with your life? Where are you going after high school? Like, what's the plan? And to be honest with you, Clara, I didn't have a plan. Like I did not plan on living past 17. I really didn't. That was, I was, I thought like when my 17th birthday hit, I was like, Mm-hmm. So, you know, Janae, we know we're talking about, again, the importance of, you know, mentors. What was it that really called you to become a mentor? Yeah, I think it was just 
uh, not to take away anything from my parents. They were great. They really were. Um, but there is that understanding that, you know, mom's working four jobs. She can't be there and dad's off. So there's, there's just, um, that the people that I had to reach out to, or the people that saw something in me, um, and realized that, you know, this kid is, got no direction. We really need to like reach out to her and see what's going on. Um, so I just want to give a shout out to the three mentors that I had, um, during high school. I appreciate you so much. Um, Amanda Johnson, um, Laura Huffman and Crystal Sigmund, you are three amazing women who really reached out to me and made a difference in my life. And you believed in me and I, I couldn't be where I'm at today if it was not for those three women's. Um, so I appreciate them. Um, just a little background on, you know, mom and dad kind of not being in the picture so much, you know, there was times where I was depressed and stressed because I felt like I have to meet these expectations. And in order for me to get where I want to go, I got to put in all this work at a young age. Um, and so with all of that stress, I would find myself, you know, feeling suicidal or, you know, super depressed, wouldn't want to go to school. Um, there was also more to that story with, you know, my sister had a baby around 14 and I was 10. And so um, a lot of times she would leave me with the baby. And so I'm sitting there, you know, at 10 years old, trying to figure out how to take care of this child. Um, and then there were some times where we wouldn't have electric and we wouldn't have water and we didn't have money to feed the baby. So I'd have to go to the neighbor's house to help. So there's just a lot that happened in that lifetime where I was just like, man, if I make it to 17, I would be so grateful, wow. you know, I, but I don't know what's to come after that. I don't even think that I'll make it that far. And I still yeah. remember feeling that way at, at 10 years old. Wow. So I want to go back to your mentors because you mentioned those three women and you mentioned yeah. the idea that they believed in you. Mm -hmm. How did they show you that? Like, what were some of the things other than just saying, I believe in you, Janae, like what physically did they do to help you know that somebody believed in you? And what is the real power of having somebody say that to you? Yeah. So um, Laura Huffman was like a second mom to me. I mean, she really took me in. She was my culinary arts teacher. Um, and we just clicked first day. Like I walked into class you know, and I'm that goofy kid. I won class clown. So I'm hilarious. And she just couldn't get enough of it. So um, she really took me in and um, we would end up, I would help her grocery shop. Like I've always just been a, like a giver any way I can help. I wanted to. Um, and she really just took me on and I, and I appreciate her so much for that. She played a role, you know, she went to prom, took my pictures. Um, and so that was just something I will always be so thankful for her. We still stay in contact to this day. Um, Crystal Sigmund was my math teacher. Um, she was a no mess around type of woman. And sometimes I kind of just needed that kick in the butt. Like, yeah, you're not funny. Sit down. You're going to do your work. Um, you know, cause a lot of times with her being my math teacher, I did, was not good at math. Um, and she was like, okay, well, instead of you sitting here trying to play around, why don't you stay after class and really try to understand this? So then I found my grades turning from S and D's into A's and B's because this woman took the extra time to invest in me and make sure that I was able to pass these classes. Um, and that was a huge thing for me senior year because I wanted to play on the varsity basketball team. And so my grades had to be on point. Um, and then there was uh, Amanda Juntinen, also known as, as Amanda Cox, she ended up getting married and um, she was she was my eighth grade science teacher. Um, she ended up moving to the high school with us and became the science teacher over there. She gave me my first job. Um, she got helped me get my certification in lifeguarding. 
Um, and so I lifeguarded for her all the way through the summers, even through college. Um, but she believed in me, like even when I was struggling and, and part of the, the actual physical test, um, holding my breath to go under the water, like she's like, no, you got this. You're going to go again until you get it. And so she just pushed me outside my limits. She helped me break that ceiling. Um, and so I will just, like I said, all three of those women just have a special place in my heart. Yeah. I love that. Now, you know, knowing that you are tenacious as you are, you know, what sport do you coach in right now? Yeah. So I coach volleyball. Um, mm -hmm. I just actually, I was doing basketball last year, but I let that go after I, be, I got the head position for um, volleyball this year um, at, in St. Matthew's here in Louisville. And the reason that I asked that is because I remember asking you, oh, what are you coaching? You know, because you had said you played basketball and I was just assuming yeah. you said volleyball. So I was like, well, did you play volleyball? And you're like, no. <laughs> so I think talk to us about that, because I think, again, so many times we think we have to know it all. And here it is. Yeah. You're going in as a coach in a sport that you didn't even play. Yeah. So, OK, to be fair, I did play. I played in like second grade, but <laughs> So, okay. So you did know it all. There's, there's a little bit of a, there was a little bit of practice that I had, but no, as far as like how I got into volleyball, um, you know, I had a horrible experience with it, um, when I was younger and it was a sport that I enjoyed, but, um, there was just, there were some things that really made it unenjoyable for me. And so I let it go. And then, um, you know, all through high school, I played basketball and I did track. And then I went to track um, and I did track in college at Indiana State. Um, and those were wonderful experiences. But how I ended up transitioning over from basketball, um, I was I've coached. And then I um, the the middle school that I was coaching at, they asked me, hey, would you be interested in a teaching position? Um, you know, we're short teachers this year. And I was like, Oh, my degree's not in teaching. And I was, they were like, that's okay. Like we need teachers. I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? Let me try it out. Like I love kids. This sounds great to me. Like it was a dream come true. Um, and then, so I'd been coaching and then the volleyball coach ended up leaving and they were like, Hey, we have an open volleyball coaching position. Would you be interested? And I was like, I mean, sure. Why not? Like, let's do it. Here's an opportunity. Wow. <laughs> you know, let me get back to this sport that I once enjoyed and, and let me put some joy in these kids' lives. And that was history. And ever since then, I've just, I've fallen in love with it and I've just tried to do the best I can and learn as much as I can with every yeah. step of the way. I love yeah. it. Um, so what would you say, like, cause again, you mentioned, you know, you're the three people who were your biggest mentors. If you had to boil it down to say the top three things, what would you say are like the top three lessons that these mentors helped you with? Yeah. Believing in myself. I mean, that has been, you know, I can actually, I remember the exact moment of like when this spark happened that I was like, listen, it's you and you in this world. Like you've, you've got to put the work in. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I was playing basketball in high school. Um, I had, um, our high school had won regionals the year before. And so I knew that we would be probably state contenders for that next year. Um, but I had, I wasn't starting and I wasn't playing varsity and that was my junior year. So I had a coach reach out to me from another school and they were like, Hey, you can come play with us. Like you'll start varsity. And I'm like, it sounds good, but like, I don't want to miss the opportunity to win a state title because, you know, I'm not playing like, that would just, but I wanted to play. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to put the work in. I ended up going to the gym um, before school and then I'd go after school and after practice. 
Um, and I remember this one practice, you know, I was on, we called it the golden red team. So the red team is like your starter varsity and then you're the practice team, practice dummies, you know? And um, so I'm in gold and I remember like, I would not let my girl, like I defended her to the all time you're not passing that ball. Like I'm stealing it every time was my mindset because I had something to prove. And so I ended up working my butt off. He had me and the other girl switch jerseys. And I think it was just to teach her a lesson. But then like at that moment, it like sparked something in me. I'm like, here we go. Like it's time to shine. Um, And then I ended up starting varsity and I ended up playing varsity for, and we went to the final four. So, you know, didn't get the state title. We were in it. I love it. So, you know, have you seen any correlations between, you know, yourself who had a mentor and all that you've been able to achieve and maybe somebody else in your world that didn't have the mentor and and that contrast between maybe them not becoming all they can become? Like, do you have some real like specific examples of how, you know, life can be different and how the end result can really be dramatically different by having a mentor and not having a mentor? Absolutely. I think, you know, let's compare apples to oranges. You know, my siblings are a good example of this. And like whatever your circumstances are, you have to decide, you know, what where you're going to go in this life. Right. And that mentorship really does help um, because I had those three women who believed in me and I, I wanted to push it because, you know, I have someone that's like, now you have people that are counting on you. Like if they're going to put all this time and effort and energy into you, you've got to do something that shows for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, where I was going with that is just, you know, not to take away from anything that my family's doing, um, but there are mindsets of like, my brother is just a very um, in his ways type of person. It's like, yeah, I'm going to live in this, you know, I don't want to say box, but box. Um, and he's okay with that. Right. But I think had he had a mentor that would have like pushed him just a little bit further, or gave him that nudge, mm-hmm. uh, you'd see a totally different brother. Yeah. Um, and so those are, I, I think that's the best way I can like compare it mm-hmm. and not use yeah. somebody else's story. Yeah. Mindset is, is so key. And sometimes that that's exactly what we need is to be able to, you know, shift that mindset into more of an abundance versus scarcity to, again, learn how to believe that there is something bigger out there. So, you know, you mentioned that you have five teams that you coach. That sounds like a lot to me, especially <laughs> on top of, again, running your real estate business. So yeah. first and foremost, strategically, how do you make it all work? I mean, I know it's not perfect, but what are some of your best productivity, you know, skill sets that you mm-hmm. use to be able to, we'll say, balance it and juggle it all? An agenda planner. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know where I would be without it. And I'm that typical, like old school teacher that like, I have to write it out and I carry that thing with me everywhere. Um, it lets me know when my next appointments are. It is one of my goals though this year that I'm going to um, try to switch over to my phone to get like reminders. <laughs> and I feel like that will be a little bit helpful. Um, but yeah, that agenda planner is, I don't know where I'd be without it. I mean, it's color coordinated. I <laughs> It's, it's a lot, but it's time oriented. I actually made my own Excel sheets so that each half hour is timed out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of how I stick to a plan. Um, And then just trying to look at it from the week, 
a, like before, like if you're looking at it on a Sunday so that you know what the upcoming week has to come, um, it makes it a little bit easier if anything gets added, especially with real estate. Like you just never know. You never know when a client's going to be like, hey, can we go see a house? And I'm like, yeah, we can, but I only have this time and this time available. Mm -hmm. So yeah, being very, very specific and intentional with how you do it. So I know that there's going to be some people out there that are watching this and following this saying, you know what? I would love to give back. I would love to get involved, Mm -hmm. but I do not have time for, you know, five teams or even to be a coach. You know, um, my my ex-husband coaches his son's, Nicholas's brother's soccer team. And again, I'm like, I would love to give back, but I don't have two or three hours even a week. What are some other things that we can look to do to be able to give back and be a mentor if we don't have oodles of time? Yeah, for sure. Um, You can always do donations. I mean, anyone and everyone that you want to support, I'm sure would take your money. So that's always a way. But if it's not monetary, like there's still other ways to do it. You can do it within your own career. Like I find myself, you know, people around the office, I've been in it for a little bit longer. So I try to mentor them if they need help. They always come to me for questions and I'm more than willing to just take a couple of minutes and make sure that um, I can help guide them in that way. Um, the other thing I do is I try to volunteer at least once a month. Um, I fell off short on that for last year, but this year, so I'm going to cut back to every other month. I'm going to try to get at least six times in. Um, and I'm just doing things that like correlate with what I have going on. So like with volleyball, you know, like one of the things I'm doing is a polar plunge for the special Olympics. Um, and so I'm super excited about that. It's a one day thing. It's a few yeah, I got hours. Chills just even hearing that I got cold. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> to interrupt. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be freezing. Um, but no, and, and then, you know, I play in a lot of just to learn volleyball. I try to play as much as I can. And so I'll enter into tournaments that go to, you know, they're donating towards a good cause. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just try to make sure that like, in whatever I'm doing, I'm somehow giving back, but I also make it easy on myself by making it make sense, you know, whether it's in real estate or rather it's in coaching. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I'm of the belief that again, you can be a mentor every day just by how you appear, how you show up, you know, the intentionality, the kindness, you know, holding the door open for someone could send that message to someone else. So I think again, just even in our actions. So what are some of the things that you try to do just daily as far as your daily actions to, to send messages of kindness or, you know, leadership or respect out to the world? Yeah. So, um, I do a lot of gratitude. I'm just, I, I have realized like, I'm just so grateful to be alive. You know, like I said, like I had some suicide stuff back in, in my past. And so now looking back, like I couldn't be happier that I made it this far. Um, and so every day is just like another day to smile. Like you smiling puts a smile on somebody else's face opening a door. Like I just try to be the most kindest person that I can be. Like, I love to laugh. Like I'm just going to make silly jokes just to be funny. Like I, that's just my way of living. But I, I really truly believe like if you do that, you're going to see such a difference in your life. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter, you know, the car you drive at the end of the day, like we're here 
on this earth for a short amount of time. And it really matters um, how many people like you aspire more than it does. Like that's going to be the legacy, not what car you're driving or what house you're living in. Um, And so that's kind of my ways of showing and just being helpful wherever I can, when I can. I love that. So I want to talk a little bit about your professional life and, you know, taking some of these lessons, because we talked a lot about how you're imparting these lessons on the younger generation. But some of the lessons you learned, you talked about believing in yourself. You talked about Mm -hmm. taking every opportunity that, you know, comes together. How do you put these into and how can you see some of these lessons that you learned as a child, as a teenager? How are they helping you become successful in your professional career? Yeah. Um, I think my mantra is like, be the person that I didn't have when I was younger. And so how I see success in that is I'm just going to like, I, for my volleyball team, um, you know, this year we went, they had never won a game before, or I'm sorry, they won three games in the last three years. Um, and this year we went 16 and 10. That's almost the school record at 17 and 11 was the school record. Um, and All I do is I tell these young people, like, you can do anything you put your mind to. And all I have to do is believe in them. And I do like that's there's no doubt in my mind. If anyone can do it, they can do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how I get success is like when I put that belief in them, then they play as hard as they can. And then we're winning games that we shouldn't be winning. And we have people looking at us like, how are they doing this? You know, and it's just like it's not about the skill set. Right. Like. I know it's not pretty, but we get that ball over and we, <laughs> and we score that point. Um, and so it's just like letting them know, like, Hey, I don't care what it looks like. You know, I had, um, just to go back a little bit. Um, I have, I started with four girls and we ended up with 22 and out of those four girls, the four girls were the only ones that had ever played volleyball. Everyone else was new to the sport and never even touched a ball before. Um, and so to end up winning this many games, I don't think it has anything to do with like what I'm teaching them. Cause in all honesty, I'm still learning how to, how to run a sequence or, you know, whatever it is with, with whatever game I'm playing. Um, but for them to just actually blame themselves and know, like, if anyone's got them, I got them. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's where success comes on that part. But in the real estate part, it was just believing myself and then just having the mentors. You know, um, I've had two really good managers who have really helped me get to where I am. Um, and I've just been so grateful for the, all the knowledge that they've poured into me, the time and energy, because energy comes at a cost. I mean, that's their time as well. You know, they only have so much time on this earth and they're giving to me. So I can only be so grateful for that. Yeah. What do you think are some of the the core components that make a good mentor? So if someone out there wants to be one or if somebody's looking for a mentor, what would you say are maybe like the the three things that are really are important in in looking for and being a good mentor? Yeah, don't doubt anyone. Like that's the biggest IRC coaches, the first thing they'll tell me is like, yeah, that girl's tall but she has no potential. Like she's unorthodox or, you know, who are you? Like, who are you to say who this person can be and what they're going to be? Like, you didn't make them. You didn't put them on this earth. Like, you're the last person to be able to say anything. Like, believe in them um, and and don't doubt them for a second. I think that's huge. Um, I think what you're doing on and off the court matters. You know, like, I say that I'm not, uh, I'm trying to like teeter the line here. Um, what you do on and off the court, I think is super important. That means like, um, you know, 
when you're outside or at the store, you know, and you're being grumpy or you cut somebody off, would you want your kid to do that? You know, and those are things that we have to really ask ourselves, like, how are we treating people outside of the actual sport? Um, are we binge drinking? You know, it's, you can have a drink here or there, but do you really want your kid's parent to see you out at the bar plastered? Probably not. Right. Because that's not what we want them to do. Um, and so just being that example on and off the court, I think is huge. I love that. Yeah. I think that's powerful. So, you know, as we start to kind of bring our conversation to a close, <coughs> excuse me, I'm fighting a little cold here. Um, talk to us about what's next. Again, you have so many things going on right now. What's next for you? Yeah, I think I'm really just trying to implement systems, um, making this stuff a little bit easier for me and then um, finding the right people to be on my team, I think is going to be huge for me in this next year. Um, okay. You know, I'm going to have to find an assistant. I find myself just I'm at a max capacity. I'm going from 6 a.m. until midnight and then doing it all over again. And so um, I've really had to have a conversation with myself of like, OK, Janae, like, yeah, you've been able to do a lot, but like now we're, it's either you find people to help you or you're going to have to take things off your plate. But I'm so happy with my plate right now. I don't want to take anything off. So it's really going to have to be finding those people who are willing to help me and see my vision um, and just want to see me succeed and believing in me. You know, that's yeah. just the key right now. <laughs> Believe. It is, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges for entrepreneurs is we love what we do. It's a labor of love. It becomes our baby and letting go of some of those things. We have to, again, shift our mindset of saying, okay, how can I, I can't do it all because then I can't serve. And again, you come back right. to your right. big vision. So, you know, I love that. And, you know, bringing all that together. And I know that you sell primarily in the Louisville, Kentucky area. Yeah. Um, so again, just do a little shout out. We're going to put all of your contact information in the show notes, but just give a little bit of, again, how you can help people in what areas you work. Yeah. Um, I can help you buy, sell. Um, I can help guide you through that process. I absolutely love my clients. They love me. We have a great relationship. We have fun. Um, and I'm going to help you even after the process. You know, I just got done closing one um, and they needed a plumber. And so I sent them a number over and we got that all taken care of. So um, I can help in the Louisville area. I also help in the outside of Louisville areas. Um, and then I also service, I will be servicing Indiana. I'm hoping to get my license here in the next couple of months. So that's one of my big goals for 2024. Beautiful. I love that. Fantastic. So, you know, I have one more question that I want to ask you, and that is coming back to this vision of success. I asked you earlier in the conversation when you were young, what did you think success was going to be for you? Sitting where you are today, knowing what you know now, what, how do you define success for yourself now? Claire, I'm here. Like I'm here and I made it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I know that sounds so bleak, but I'm, I'm so serious. Like I'm happy. And that to me, like you can't be more successful than happiness. Like I love where I live. I love the community I'm a part of. I love the people I service. It just doesn't get any better than this. And if it does, like I'm here for it, you know, I'm sure it does. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm ready. Um, wow. now I feel like I've, I've hit the most success that, um, I ever envision. And I, I hope it just keeps moving and growing and I'm excited for that. 
Well, I know it's going to be. And, you know, Janae, you are just a light. And I, I felt that Thank not you. just because you were asking questions in class, but I could feel that. <laughs> I could feel your desire to want to grow, want to be able to be the best at what you can be. And again, making sure that you were doing something for everyone. Like you were really there jumping in. And I can see that that passion inside of you. Again, not just to learn for yourself, but to help others. And I just, I loved being able to meet you and I just, I'm so grateful to have you in my circle. So thank you for all the light that you are bringing into the world each and every Absolutely. day. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You're so sweet. <laughs> I love it. So for all of you, again, if you're thinking about being a mentor, if you need to do have some help with real estate, Janae is your girl. So again, we're going to put all of her contact information in the show notes. So reach out to her, follow her on social media, lean into her. If you're thinking about how you can give back, I guarantee you she's going to have some amazing opportunities. So Janae, thanks so much for sharing everything that you shared. So let's go ahead and start wrapping this up because again, I always take notes and I always learn from my guests as well. So some of the things that I really took away from this conversation, the first thing, have someone that can believe in you. You know, this was something that was so big to me, and I have tried really hard to impart as a mentor, as a as guide on my own. I didn't believe in myself. And I'll tell you, there's even times right now where I still struggle in believing in myself. I cannot tell you the power, the beauty of just knowing that somebody sees the greatness in you. You know, I talk a lot about the ninja training that I've been a part of. And I remember Larry Kendall, the founder and the creator, he believed in me. You know, I knew I wanted to be a speaker, but I didn't know how to make that happen. And I will tell you a big part of my success was knowing that he believed in me before I could believe in myself. And that started a chain reaction with one of my clients. You know, I was able to pay it forward to her because I believed in her. And she has told me till this day, that was the, that was the lift that she needed. Just like what Janae was saying too. So make sure if you're struggling, find someone who believes in you when you can't believe in yourself, because there is power in that and make sure that you're telling those around you that you believe in them too. Another big lesson Take every opportunity. Now, we have to take that with a grain of salt because we can get down the rabbit hole doing too many things. But again, when people offer you something, if you feel it's something that can open up a door for you, say yes, because you never know where those opportunities may lead to. You know, I am getting business today from people that I met years ago because I opened the door. I did that free lunch and learn training. I sat in and supported them in something that they were getting ready to launch. And now they're in my classes and my membership. So again, really look at opportunities. And if it's something that you feel could lead you down the path that you want to go, lean into that. Asking questions. This is another thing. Don't be afraid to ask. You do not need to know it all. Ask questions. It is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength because when you learn, you go grow stronger. And even knowing that when people come to you, don't feel you have to know the answers. You know, someone asked me a question this morning. I was like, I don't know that, but let me find out about that for you. And I was able to get back with them and being able to serve them. 
when you are able to be there, people know it's not about you knowing everything. They know you're the resource. So be the resource, be the person that others come to that shows that they trust you and they find value in you and what you're doing. Ah, another big lesson, put the work in. No one's going to do the work for you. They can guide you. They can open the door for you. But you know what? You better be willing to show up and do the work. So do not be afraid. It's going to be hard work at first. It's going to be grueling at times. It's going to be uncomfortable and quite frankly, annoying. But when you put the work in, the effort shows. And then lastly, how she closed this, be happy. You know, this is coming from someone. Now, Janae talked about her journey as well, and I'm going to tell you mine. There were times where I wasn't happy either. And I will tell you, I am happier than I have ever been in my entire life. Doesn't mean I have it all dialed in. Doesn't mean that everything is working out. But when you can go to bed each night with a happy heart, and happiness for me knows it's because I showed up authentically. It's because I gave the best of me. Because I know that everything I'm doing is all about delivering value and impact. And when I can look at myself in the mirror at the end of the night and say, you know what? Maybe I didn't get it all done. Maybe I didn't show up perfectly, but I gave my best today. Be happy. Know what happiness is to you because there is power in living that way. So thank you so much for joining us and being here for another episode of Women Winning Their Way. I want all of you to know that no matter what your path is, you can create success and do it all on your terms. Success is not one size fits all. So do me a favor, take 30 seconds, go in, like, comment, and please share these episodes. The way that we're gonna create that ripple effect of impact not just for today's women, but for women of the future generation is when we band together. So please share this message with somebody else out there because you never know who it is you could be willing to help and unlock the beauty and the greatness that is inside of them. And then again, don't forget to check out the Lioness League. I would love to have you be in my online community and continue to deliver greatness to you. So keep watching, keep sharing, and know that you can create success and do it all on your terms. I'm Clara Capano. We'll see you next time.